Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the next edition of Dream Reality with Aiden Consulting. So this is a podcast series where we introduce change leaders, innovators, dreamers, and experts in different parts of the industries, different sectors, and different parts of, le of leadership and strategy management. Dream Reality was born because during the last 18 months, we've gone through so much change. And as humans, we really don't like change. We want to go under the duvet and hide from it. But over the last year, we have really embraced it. And this is a time to keep that momentum. So hopefully through this series, we will open your eyes and ears to some new ideas, something that you can implement within your business or your life to really keep you driving forward. And I am really excited today, all the way from Shanghai in China, to have Taddy. And Taddy is an expert and leading change maker in the area of digital and digital transformation. And this is really his area of expertise. And he really, he leads um, workshops and speaks to universities both in China and in the UK on this topic. So Taddy. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so thank you so much, Alison. Um, just a brief background. I, I am from Zimbabwe. Uh, it's a small country in uh, Southern Africa. I basically grew up there, uh, did my undergraduate studies in economics in Zimbabwe, after which I started working in the banking sector. Uh, and by chance, uh, it wasn't even planned, an opportunity came up for me to uh, pursue my postgraduate studies, but also to work in, in Shanghai in China. So I moved uh, to China uh, in 2015. Uh, basically, when I started, uh, I was working on um, a lot of consulting, uh, basically trying to help Chinese companies go global. And this was kind of the first wave of Chinese companies trying to explore the foreign market, uh, basically when they had grown rapidly within the local market and there wasn't enough, not, not a lot of space for growth for local companies at the time. So my job was basically to help them explore the foreign market, understand what sort of uh, digital tools they can use to get foreign consumers. And uh, over this uh, process, uh, something hit me. I realized that uh, this works both ways. Also for international companies that were looking to access the huge uh, Chinese market. That's when my journey in digital transformation started because uh, I started to help uh, a lot of foreign companies, a lot of foreign institutions access the Chinese market, find partners here, access the right sort of tools. And this sort of navigating complexity and uncertainty became very important for me as an individual because part of the process was learning by doing but another part of it was also leaning on on past experiences and realizing that as you move uh, in the process towards your dream or towards realizing your goals and ambitions sometimes the path is not always as clear as you think it is from uh, this side of the story but the more you go through it, the more you realize that all the different puzzle pieces kind of come together and the dots really do connect. 
So that taught me a lot about just uh, trusting the process and, and being able to push myself into uncomfortable situations where I would have to dig deep and uh, try to find what would be the optimal solution in whatever it is that I'm doing. So today I am the digital lead at uh, Nexilia Solutions. And I guess what I do now is basically the same, but a little bit more complex. You know, we are living through the COVID-19 pandemic and we're basically in the time of VUCA, as they say, you know, volatility, uncertainty, complexity and ambiguity. And a lot of uh, companies, be it global corporations and, and local companies here are really thinking about what to do in the next five years, how to rearrange their strategy, how to pivot. And this is where we come in, uh, not only with solutions centered on products and processes, but also on people, because ultimately it's not about technology, it is about people. Yeah, and we'll touch a little bit on that, on the, on the personal, personnel aspect as we, as we go through this. But I think just touching back on something that you said about you know being in this COVID time, and you mentioned a few buzzwords in there, like pivot and digital strategy, and they, you know, if you open any, any, you know, the Financial Times, HBR, or any other publication, excuse me, publication, um, they seem to be in every article. So, you know, a lot of businesses, no matter the size, has really had to adapt very, very quickly over the last 12 to 18 months, whether it be larger organizations having to have people work from home, um, whether it be they had shop stores and physical retail shops and they had to move to online e-commerce platforms. And you could, some people are putting that under the umbrella of a digital transformation. So do you think that that is a digital transformation or is that a reaction? Yeah, um, very good question. Basically, you could put it in, in two parts. Um, there is, of course, the knee-jack reaction, uh, which is basically trying to scrap around, pivot, trying to make sure that everything stays afloat. And that is particularly happening in companies that uh, had not prepared or what we call in the industry future-proofing your, your business. But digital transformation itself is uh, not a trend. It's something that has been happening for a very long time. We have had talks about the fourth industrial revolution, right? We know the first industrial revolution was the steam engine, then came um, the mass production lines. And from then on, we had the computers. And now we are in the age of uh, artificial intelligence, IoT, cloud computing for computing, et cetera. So companies were already uh, preparing for that jump. But unfortunately, it had to be a forced jump. And some landed quite well, some didn't. But then again, this is all about strategy. So to answer the question, for us, digital transformation is trying to help companies not only future-proof their businesses, but also figure out how best to maximize productivity in their employees and also ensure that uh, as they move forward, as they transition to this future that we are all headed into, no one is basically left behind in terms of the processes, in terms of the people, and in terms of the technology. I think that's really interesting. And you just made me think of something as well. And, you know, it was a little bit around the buzzword of pivot, because I find uh, I'm very uncomfortable with the word pivot, 
because to me, pivot means complete change of direction. It doesn't mean moving your retail store online. For me, that's that's a compliment. And it's it's not it's and I think that really if you have a proper strategy and long-term strategy within that, you should have a roadmap for the future to be using the technologies. And in a situation like COVID, it's just you pick those aspects of the roadmap or those those forks in the road and you just fast track them. And so you should already have that concepts in there rather than doing the reaction. So do you feel that over the last year specifically, the, the issue has not necessarily been in the, um, the, you wouldn't really class it as lack of preparedness or lack of awareness, but more lack of proper future strategy. Yeah, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, and you're right about, about pivoting. Uh, a lot of the time when people talk about pivoting, they focus on a complete uh, 360 degree flip, uh, total change. Mm -hmm. But from experience and from working with companies that have actually had to pivot, it's, it's, it's nothing like that, Alison. It, uh, any pivot, of course, is, is centered on something, right? There's some fulcrum there, there's some, there's some center. And what companies are doing uh, when it comes to pivot and codes is trying to ensure that uh, they can use the best of their skills, the best of their abilities to optimize themselves or to optimize the re their reaction to, to the new reality. So whenever we talk about pivoting to, to businesses or even to small businesses, we are always like, you do not have to start afresh. You have to use the networks you've built, the skills you've acquired, the people you've engaged, and to use that as the ingredients to find something new to find something that can propel you. It might be temporary. It might uh, be something that's more long-term to ensure that your business is, is more sustainable. So ultimately we encourage businesses to dig deep, to think about strategy because at the end of the day, it all comes back to strategy. And strategy goes beyond some technological tool you're gonna adopt, some sort of process or product that you're going to make, but it's all encompassing. And it's very, very important that organizations get their strategy right. And this is basically the core of any successful pivot. Yeah. Oh, and look, speaking to the converted, I am, I'm a strategy and my passion is strategy. And I believe that you, that, that is your foundation, no matter what you need to have that foundation. But I think that, you know, one of the challenges that I see when I talk to businesses and business leaders about strategy and about you know digitizing processes and things like that is, but I'm too small a business, or that's only for you know the big you know the LinkedIn's, the IBM's, the Siemens. That's that's just for them. What's your perspective on that? Well, my perspective is actually that's completely false. Um, when you talk about strategy, uh, it's not about size. Uh, it's not even about scale. Uh, we find uh, that when we work with the bigger companies, it's very difficult for them to adapt their strategies. They are not as agile as smaller businesses. So as a small business, you should definitely be more agile in terms of your, your, your strategy and uh, be more open to new realities because that will enable you to scale at your own pace and to also retain your original uh, small identity as you grow. 
because there are certain aspects about being small that are actually way better than being big. So when it comes to strategy, I'm sorry, scale is not an excuse, size is not an excuse. You really, really have to have a strategy in place that will help you grow, help you grow at your own terms, at your own pace, and to achieve the sort of results that you want to achieve in the market. So strategy is strategy, big or small. I love that. Strategy is strategy. That's it. Uh, so you mentioned people before and the personnel factor. And I read once before that we invest so much on personal training. So for example, if you take the, the realm of HSE, you know, in some industries, HSE training is so intense and they spend millions of dollars on training. But then when it comes to rolling out new platforms, new, um, new systems, um, you know, new, anything to do with digital technology, we just kind of like, okay, on, you know, the, the 5th of June, you will get this new icon on your desktop and you need to start using it. And yeah, um, there's some training on this link and okay, good luck. And the old system will retire on the 1st of July. So is that, is that really an inhibitor? Is that very common? Um, or is that just uh, a bit of um, you know old wives' tale in the industry? Yeah, I think I think I think uh, it's a reality, Alison. And unfortunately, a lot of businesses uh, lose traction because of the way they approach uh, technological transformation or uh, digital transformation. You would find that uh, back in the day, uh, you, you talk about uh, 10 or eight years ago, if you're working in any department, any tech or digital problem was basically calling the, the IT help desk, right? Some guy comes to your computer, they help you sort it out, but then you go back to, to what you were originally doing. And unfortunately, that's how we still think about technology. We still think that uh, any digital upgrade or any sort of digital transformation is going to be something that's relegated to somebody who's in the technological space or somebody who's in the IT department. But the reality is uh, these digital tools are becoming more and more important to how everybody does their job. And the lines between offline and online are are blurry, right? We have a lot of uh, hybrid working models that exist now. So what, what I do think uh, when it comes to introducing new digital platforms and the training of that in terms of digital skills, I think we are very much behind in terms of preparing uh, workers for the future both at um, when you talk about small businesses and when you talk about large corporations. You talked about uh, health, safety and environmental training in companies and how that's compliance related and why so much time and investment is put into it. And I think the same sort of time, effort and investment should also be put in, 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 in digital skills training. And this will not only make uh, workers uh, future proof per se, but it will also increase the confidence of, of your workforce in understanding that their skills are really important and technology is a vehicle to make them more productive than something that's gonna replace them at some point in time. So we really have to shape the conversation on, on, on digital transformation, on digital skills training, and on how we can improve the workplace and make it more uh, future-proof, basically. Okay. And do you think that that's going to change as we see a little bit of the, the change of guard with respect to the generations and the working age of the new 
you know, the, the postgraduates coming in that are much more digital native than myself. And I don't consider myself a dinosaur just yet, but certainly, you know, I was, I am not a digital native. I didn't grow up with mobile phones and things like this, but the, the, the generations that are coming into the workforce and even the people that are coming into some of the management and leadership positions today, they are of those generations. So do you believe that that's really going to help drive a digital transformation as kind of almost going to mandate it? Well, uh, the truth is uh, a digital transformation is, is, is gonna happen uh, whether workers are prepared for it or not. But I think the conversation that we need to shape is how do we get people to, to move with the times? And you're right, uh, we have a lot of people uh, coming in now into the workforce who are more digitally native. But I think uh, one thing that we, we have to realize is this does not relegate uh, the current workforce to being irrelevant. <laughs> it, it, I'm it, still relevant, okay. Extremely relevant, actually. But uh, this, is, this is now all about, uh, again, it goes back to strategy and management. How do you complement uh, the skill base that you have in your organization? How do you let the experience be translated to how the company operates to optimize performance? And this is something that uh, a lot of companies are having difficulties with because there are people who like to work on something that are not interested in managing people. There are people who excel at managing people that are being forced to work on, on processes and products. So it's, it's, it's really important to understand teams, to ensure that the strategy is not only moving from uh, top down, but also everyone is involved. They have some sort of buy-in in where the organization wants to go in ensuring that as you set your, your, your KPIs uh, or, or your goals for your organization, that all these human aspects are integrated and people can actually see what it is that they are doing and how it, it, it's translating and making the organization successful in moving the company forward. Um, I, I, I saw an interview uh, a couple of years back, it was Elon Musk being asked about uh, his uh, recruitment strategy and uh, how he treats people. And they asked him, what has been your biggest mistake in relation to how you treat people? And I'm just paraphrasing right now. And one of the things that he said was, uh, uh, for some employees, my biggest mistake has been to focus so much on the brain, on what they can do from an intellectual perspective that I forgot that the heart is also important. And I think that's, that's, that's an important lesson for for all of us, it's it's not always uh, the top performing employees or the stars that we need to make our companies better, but we need teams, teams that are sustainable, people that can work together, people that can cooperate from different generations or through different skill sets and creating the sort of environment that makes this possible where people can actually trust each other and can cooperate um, as peers and ensure that there's a totally transparent feedback and, 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 and basically openness in how processes are um, uh, executed in a business. It's, it's, it's very important. It's really, really important. And some of the businesses that I've seen that have become successful, particularly in competitive markets like, like Southeast Asia, um, have basically had that right. It has, it has been about the team. And we're not talking about stars here. We're talking about people that can trust each other and that understand what the company wants to achieve and that totally, totally have an understanding of 
what is the goal of the strategy yeah yeah and i think that you know that's becoming here over in the west that's becoming more and more prevalent as we see the rise of workplace psychological safety and we have a, an interview in this series with an expert on that later on in a couple of weeks so because it's something that still is quite new here in the west but you're absolutely spot on over over in asia they they are very good at that in some of the organizations um, I just have a couple of final questions for you. So um, the first one being, what, what do you believe is, is the biggest inhibitor to organizations starting the digit, digitization journey and the, and the transformational journey that comes with that? I think, I think the biggest inhibitor, uh, at least from my own experience, is uh, seeking perfection. Uh, trying to wait for everything to be optimal uh, before they start. And again, I'm going to emphasize that uh, digital transformation is basically a learning by doing uh, sort of an approach. As, as a small business, you really have to try out the tools that are at your disposal and see what works for you, what is the best fit for you. So it's important to try try and fail. I remember in primary school, every morning we had uh, a motto which went, uh, try, try, try again. Mm -hmm. If at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again. The whole aim of that was uh, perseverance will always heal success, right? Because that's the highest form of emotional intelligence. And we like to translate this into uh, digital processes as well. Uh, a lot of companies have moved forward with one tool or one platform, etc. And that hasn't worked for them. And this has basically led them saying, okay, we are not ready for this. Uh, it's something that's expensive. It's, but I think a lot of these tools have, have trial periods. Uh, they have people that are already using them. So investing in, in research in strategy research and in, in, in consulting to understand what sort of tool works for us, trying it out and adapting it or optimizing it to fit your own sort of business and system is very important. And this is what we always we always say to, to small businesses, five things you need to be lean, you need to focus on, on things that uh, are essential, you need to be agile, you need to quickly adapt to the existing situation, you need to leverage on the technologies that fit your system. And above all, you need to ensure that your innovation and strategic process is centered around people. And people are uh, in two sides, right? On one side, you have the consumers, the people that ultimately use your products. On the other side, you have your staff, right? Uh, the people that drive the processes uh, that your business is involved in. So this is this is basically what we, we deal with every day. Yeah. And then our final question, um, before we come on to some recommendations that you have. Um, you know, this series is all about the dream and the reality. And so I'd just like to hear how, you know, how would you like to see this go forward? How do you dream that digital transformation will move forward and then follow that up with the reality check? How do you think it will actually go forward? Yeah, so recently I had a, I had a talk on AI ethics where we were exploring some of the challenges related to artificial intelligence. And one of those challenges, of course, is the unintended uh, consequences uh, that come with AI. And also the fact that at some point that um, people believe that machines are going to replace us. And how do we shape that conversation in terms of change management? And 
from, from my perspective, uh, what I would like to see in the future and what I believe the future will be, right? And back in the days when we thought about um, uh, artificial intelligence and, and, and big data analytics, we thought that some robots will, will be driving our cars, right? Uh, there will be doctors, there will be everything. But over time, we've realized that the cars themselves have become the robots, right? The cars have become smarter, right? The homes have become smarter. So all these tools have become smarter and smarter, but they have not actually replaced uh, the human. The human has remained at the center of it uh, and everything around uh, him has enhanced itself. So this to me is the future I would like to see. Uh, I would like to see uh, technology continue to be a complement to enhance our lives, to make our lives better, to give us the tools that we need in, in, in health, in, 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 in basically in fitness, in, in, in terms of environmental management and economics, um, but ultimately not uh, replace us in, in any way. This, this is the future I would like to see. And in terms of digital transformation, I would like the conversation to be centered on people, uh, not on technology. I would like it to be something that's accessible. I would like uh, a lot of uh, consultants out there to realize that at the end of the day, it is about somebody who's sitting behind their desk and trying to express themselves in the best way they can to improve performance in, in the company. It's not about some software or some algorithm. And if we start from that point, if we start by thinking and realizing that it's not about technology, it's about people, we can actually drive uh, a digital transformation process or push ourselves into a future that's actually uh, beneficial and inclusive for everybody. Wow, certainly a lot to think about there. You have, uh, my mind is, is a bit blown there. Lots and lots to think about, especially, you know, the human aspect and uh, thinking about the, you know, the human from instead of the digital and how that really works together and how you can morph it. And I think that that's something that I agree that um, definitely something that is not appreciated. People think digital transformation and they just think, the digital, but it's so faceted. So really definitely fit for thought there. So as a final thing, I had dropped you a note to uh, make a recommendation. Uh, so do you have a book or podcast that uh, that you would like to, to share with us? Well, I have, I have, I have an interesting book. Uh, it's actually on my shelf. Uh, it's called uh, uh, Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow by Daniel Kahneman. So the reason why I like, I like this book is because it exposes uh, you to the sort of innate biases that you do have. Our confirmation bias, right? Uh, how we uh, get into an argument and we go on Google to prove ourselves and we think, okay, I'm right because I searched it in a certain way, right? Um, our selectivity bias, uh, all these sort of biases that affect our decision, our decision making. The reason why this is important for me personally in digital transformation is because we are moving uh, into a future where technology is ubiquitous, right? Where everything that we do at some point is going to be controlled by some form of algorithm, right? And if the people that are making these algorithms are not aware of the biases that exist within them, the outcomes of this are only going to make society more unequal and less empathetic. 
And when it comes to those two things, uh, particularly empathy, I'm particularly an advocate for it because I believe by starting with empathy, we are able to not only understand people better, but also be able to drive the sort of progress that we need in society from every front, from technological aspect or any other aspect of our lives. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of the book and I totally recommend it. It's a big one. Uh, it might be uh, <laughs> uh, quite an intellectual read, but it's, it's, it's eye-opening. Yeah, fabulous. And then lastly, do you have a song that uh, just cheers you up when you're, uh, when you're just having one of those moments? Yeah, so I think I think for me that song that that, that kind of puts me in a in a good vibe is uh, Hall of Fame by the script. So yeah, I really like nice the song. Nice choice. Yeah, I really like the song. It's 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 an uplifting song. It always puts a smile on my face and yeah. and it takes me. Yeah. Fabulous. Well, look, Tariq, uh, that's the the end of our of our chat today. And you know, honestly, I think that you've you've hit on so many interesting points that I think the listeners will really resonate with. It's going to give them maybe some inspiration that digital transformation isn't just for the big guys, but it's something that everybody should be thinking of. The importance of strategy. Strategy is your strategy. I like that. I might, I might borrow that phrase. Uh, and, and yeah, and as well, don't, it's all about the human factor. Make sure that that you have empathy, that you have your emotional intelligence toolkit with you. And when you're building up your processes, make sure that the human factor is involved. And as well, the awareness around the biases as well as something that we've I've talked about that pretty much on every, every guest recording so far. So I think that that's really something that concerns so many people when you start talking about technology and things for the future. So really, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and really, thank you. Thanks, Alison. <laughs> okay.